When I fall, I got parachutes. 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 What you gonna say? What you gonna do? What you gonna gonna Is what they say true? And all these questions, I make sure I am still on top. And all these questions, I make sure this train is hard to stop. No matter what I say or do, no matter the song or two, it's me you cannot drop. I'm in a parachute up in the sky. I- I'm in a parachute. I'm soaring down. Parachute. I'm soaring down. When I fall, I got parachute. Politicize every song I sing. Tell you about a reality. You're living in a virtual reality. You're sucking on the tit that feeds you lies. Getting screwed by a system of ties to our demise. We are blamed. Why blame us? That's insane. All we know is pain. Control us for 300 years. Saw epitome of fears in a machine that broke us. Made us get out of focus. Preacher told us stop that hocus pocus. Look what we had. Our culture was just a fad. What they didn't still do is sad. It makes me mad. Why be racist? It's made us faceless. Made us into your slaves. Land slaves for your wage. In this first world country, you're the entire Repeat and recycle. Put more money in guns. We make war to be free. We make war to be free. Are we really? Giving him a all. Giving him a all. Gotta stand tall cause I'm giving him a all. Hi, I'm Christina. Hi, I'm Care. Um, I use she, her pronouns. And my pronouns are he slash him. And welcome to our new show called Wake the F Up. The UMFM 101.5 broadcasts at 1200 watts from the University of Manitoba, located on the stolen lands of Anishinaabeg, Nihiawak, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. We respect the treaties that were made on these territories. We acknowledge the harms and mistakes of the past and those that are still ongoing in the present. We acknowledge our privilege as settlers on this land, and we dedicate ourselves to move forward in partnership with Indigenous communities in a spirit of decolonization and collaboration. Thanks, Cran. So the intro that you actually heard just now was our very first intro uh, in light of the fact that we're doing a little bit of a reflection episode today. So today's episode will just be kind of clips from our favorite moments and (laughs) be at good points or really just goofy (laughs) moments that we had. Just me cackling for no reason. that That we really enjoyed and we want you to enjoy one more time. This would not have been possible without, you know, when we um, gave credit to a lot of the people that made it possible for mm-hmm. us to have a show. So I just want to also include the clip wherein you talk about how your friend came up with the name. So we want to include that little bit in this in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So the following clip was from our episode on October 4th, 2018. Um, so this is our third episode now of your uh, brand new feminist show here on UMFM. And we just wanted to kind of give some shout outs to uh, the people that helped make this possible. So first of all, thanks UMFM for having us and uh, giving us the opportunity to uh, talk about some really important issues. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to my friend Chelsea, uh, who I met uh, while forest firefighting in BC this summer. Uh, I told her I was brainstorming ideas for the name of a feminist radio show, and she came up with it. Wake the F up. Big ups to her. Big ups to Chelsea. 
And also we want to give a shout out to Kelly Fraser. She's the name of the music artist. We use her music for our intro and outro music and she's absolutely brilliant. I was actually lucky enough to hear about her early, like early September at a pipeline rally, a rally opposing the construction of pipeline three. And she was there and she was leading us in singing some songs that she had written. And I went and I looked up her name and it turns out she has all this incredible music and she's a Canadian Inuk singer and she sings about stuff like resilience and staying strong and pushing back against oppressive forces and all the things that strive to bring her down. And she's really just an incredible artist. I would definitely recommend looking out for her. I think a really fun time of year was when we got to see the whole uh, ordeal of Pledrama playing out. Yeah. It's actually really crazy to think about uh, in such a short time. What is it? A week and a half. How much money this yeah. radio station raises and yeah. how many people are invested in its continuing. I know. I was very, very taken aback by the numbers. Like we had like, what, 39,000? I think it was, was 42,000. Yeah. Like in the... I think in the first week or so, I actually don't even know. But yeah, we ended at 42000 and I was like, um, this could pay all of my tuition. But also, <laughs> <laughs> it should. I mean, like I was shocked at how many people actually love this station. And I mean, rightfully so. Absolutely. I think that's a student thing. You look at literally any large <laughs> number at any time of money and you're like, wow, could you imagine a world where my tuition was paid? I know. <laughs> Times three for international students, I mean. Ooh, I am a thirsty person <laughs> for that money, but yeah. Yeah, so this was a really fun episode where we got to find reasons to talk about Pledrama every five minutes. So <laughs> please enjoy this next clip from October 18th, 2018. could be because I don't think it's possible to live an entirely fulfilling existence if all you're striving for is material gains. I'm speechless. <laughs> because, yeah. Oh, yeah, that chair. <laughs> on the subject of that chair, I don't know if you guys just heard that chair that Karen's sitting on. It totally just squeaked. Um, <laughs> There it goes again. Um, if you're interested in UMFM having better chairs, please, <laughs> please, please, please help. I'm just kidding. Also make a pledge. And the next little clip is from November 15th when we had my biggest fan and who I'm a big fan of, my boothang Salima, who really, really, I mean, I love her. I love her to She's death. She's incredible. She's got it all. And yeah, you're right. I would willingly give up my life for her. So I love her to death, you could say. She could wipe the floor with me. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A little weird, but I mean, I won't kink shame you. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, Salima like, talked about different perspectives and different frameworks of looking at politics from like being from East Africa and how politics is realized in um, nations throughout that region and how it differs from here. And I thought that that was really, really insightful. And um, yeah, it really helped me understand Canadian politics a little better. If That's not, perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here's a little bit of a, a spiel from her. The way I view it is, I understand that in societies, there's always going to be two sides of understanding 
even when it comes to policies, like there are people that are going to agree to it, there are people that are not going to agree to it. But we also have to remember that the only way to exist is to coexist, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we, to, we want to tell them that, hey, we do not agree with you, but we are willing to sit down, have a conversation, trying to understand that despite the fact that we do not have the same views on ideas, we still want to work together to make this place a better place for not only us, but the upcoming generations and so forth, right? So we also have to take that into consideration when we're looking at polarized ideologies and mm-hmm. things like that. Are going to kill people more. And for them to be like, hmm, sometimes I feel attacked and sometimes I feel like I'm paying for crimes that I didn't commit, blah, blah, blah. You know what that is called? White guilt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and white fragility. One of my favorite things to do while you were gone, Kran, was <laughs> talk about what whatever I speculated it is that you were doing while you were away. <laughs> so um, when we had our first episode where it was just me and a guest, I think it was with Elizabeth on November 22nd, 2018, uh, I gave this nice little spiel, which I'm convinced to this day is accurate. <laughs> My name is Christina. I use pronouns she, her, and my co-host Kran is not here today. I'm sure he's somewhere busy with the feminist agenda. I'm sure he's got a whole pile of bras to burn right now. So we have a very special guest here today. So was I right in my assumption that that's what was happening? (laughs) I mean, I was like burning bras the day before. But that day, right. you weren't too far off. I was burning something equally patriarchal and restricting. It right. was books written by Jordan Peterson. So <laughs> something was getting burned. That's for sure. <laughs> I can't decide which one is better. <laughs> Were you burning his spark notes on... Um, <laughs> oh, my God. On what is it? Uh, the Marxist uh, manifesto or something? I... I was just burning his 12 rules to life. But, I mean, mm, whatever he writes is trash. So... You know, truer words have never been spoken. Mm-hmm. The upcoming clip you're about to hear is from that same episode on November 22nd with Elizabeth. Oh my God, listening! What I, a what <laughs> a great speaker. I mean, I could listen to her talk all day. Yeah, and so much content that like we haven't even tapped into fully yet. Like it was amazing. Everything she says is poetry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think I every time I have a conversation with her, I have some kind of grand revelation about the meaning of life. I mean, I'm sure that the anti-abortionists would have a different perception to meaning of life. You know what? I bet Elizabeth's words, but... <laughs> I, I, I bet. I hope she made at least one of them just kind of like toss and turn in bed at night. I bet I, she did. Yeah, I'm certain that she did. Yeah, she's, she's so funny. I remember during some of the anti-choice campaigns, they... <laughs> <laughs> they would walk up and hand their flyers to people mm. and then she would just like swoop and she's just standing there smoking a cigarette and she would just like put <laughs> some pro- proletariat flyers in their hands and she's like, you don't have to listen to them. Here Love you go. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Um, but yeah, here's a, here's a little blurb from, from her talking about proletariat feminism. So I kind of want to talk a little bit more about what the problems with liberal feminism being reformist, like just kind of expand on that and like what proletariat feminism does instead of that. Yeah. Okay. So like reform measures Mm -hmm. are basically like it's the idea 
if you think of it like a house, right? So like the capitalist patriarchy colonial state is a house. And so what reform measures do is they paint the walls, right? They replace some doorknobs. They are running around replacing floorboards that have rotten, that sort of thing. So you see a small issue and you say, okay, well, we're going to fix that particular issue with a Band-Aid. What proletarian feminism calls for is the acknowledgement, first of all, that the foundation of the house is cracked. So that understanding that everything that sits on top of that foundation is now damaged because it's, it exists in something that is inherently broken. Mm-hmm. So the acknowledgement first of that and then the action toward tearing down the house so that you can replace the foundation so you can build something stronger and healthier on top of it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's like a bleeding wound. You don't throw a Band-Aid on a bleeding wound. You clean it, you stitch it up, and then it heals. It's oh the goodness. same kind of thing, right? With your, with your own tools, with your own exactly. resources that exactly. you've thought about. A particular quote by Audre Lorde comes to mind. Yeah. The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. Like, you can patch up the house. You can replace a floorboard. Like, for example, you can you can get white women the ability to vote. That's rad. You know, <laughs> like, that's great. Um, the house is still <laughs> completely <laughs> trash, right? I mean, like, indigenous people still are being subject to horrific colonial action. Literally today. Literally today, it's right? It's still happening. Yeah, exactly. So like, what what benefits are you really going to make to a system that is it's the purpose of it, the exclusive purpose of it is to exploit? You know, capitalism is its, in its essence is exploitative. It can't exist without exploiting someone. Exactly. Colonialism is built on this horrific idea of assimilation and destruction, patriarchy on domination. Like it's... How can you tweak those things to make them beneficial to anyone except for a very, very small privileged group of people? I mean, you have to tear them down and build something more beautiful in its place. Yeah. Now I would just like to reflect on uh, the occasions upon which we we sometimes... Uh, to and sometimes to Karen's discomfort, we got a little got a little deep on this. Just show. a little bit of discomfort. Yep, got a little too deep, but no worries. <laughs> Isn't it so uncomfortable to like make grand realizations about our society while on a microphone? Just a little bit, just a little bit, but we roll with all the punches, baby. So yeah, here it is. Here it is. A nice little blurb from December sixth, twenty eighteen. People don't like change. Change is really uncomfortable. Hmm. So this results in a lot of, well, well, straight up, I think it results in a lot of stress and just feeling a, a, a lost sense of personhood with people who are interested in issues on the left, with people who are willing to face the issues in <laughs> the complete lack of human rights in all the areas that we're aware of. So with people on the left who are more concerned with social justice, who are more willing to embrace the reality of human rights or the lack thereof in the world, more willing to accept change, we do tend to face more difficulty in the ability to basically uphold a community. And a community is another of these things that was kind of described as necessary for upholding these natural social contingencies. A characteristic of a really healthy community mm-hmm. would involve a lot of social interaction. Right. A lot of... Validation, basically. A lot of validation, yeah. Right. So, and a lot of seeing the same faces, people mm-hmm. who've known you for years, for your mm-hmm. whole life, 
like longevity with these places and these people, it creates a sense of personal stability. Mm -hmm. So because people on the left are actually much less likely to have this sense of stability because we're so committed to change, something that's really important and a really valuable and useful tool is creating deliberate communities. Right. So basically something that we, the two of us, do on campus yeah, daily. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, right. Because so, if, you know, if you're constantly, you know, it's just you against the world and you're constantly subjected to people who are shutting you down, shutting down all of your ideas. You know, we've talked about it before, how talking about social justice in mm -hmm. most contexts you feel like you're in the matrix because yeah. everyone is against you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're always going to call you out for, oh, blah, blah, blah. You just don't want to hear the opposing side. And it's like, listen, you, yeah. I have heard your side 5,000 billion times. I've so, lived your side. I, exactly. We are living your side. Exactly. But exactly. okay, go off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's a huge benefit, I think, to creating deliberate communities. And this is something that, yeah, so it's been relevant in our lives. <laughs> right. Because you always talk about your favorite quote from Audre, Audre Lorde. Lord. That without community, there is no liberation. It could not be more true. Then we had our episode with Shannon, our first one. Ooh. My God. Okay, I, first of all, I need to give another shout out. Uh, upcoming on May 4th at 7 p.m. at the Gas Station Arts Theater, Shannon is actually going to be performing at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, which when I found that out, I screamed in their face for about 15 minutes. <laughs> so once again, you're welcome, Shannon. That's fun. That must be so great for Shannon that you <laughs> screamed in their face for 15 minutes. I think it probably made them just a little bit uncomfortable, but ultimately they understood the sentiment was mm -hmm. well-meaning. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just love their whole little rant over here. Like, you got to listen to this one. You just got to listen to this. Absolutely. So here's a little bit from the episode we did with them on December 13th, 2018. And one thing that mm -hmm. I always wanted to be able to do with my comedy was to make people think as well as laugh. Yeah. So I use it and I'm always trying to never punching down. And because frankly, I'm tired of being the butt of the joke. I am a fat person. I'm I'm queer. I'm trans. And for so long, like a lot of jokes were made at my expense. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I love that now I get up there and I sort of take back the control and I poke fun and I'm not making fun of fat people. I'm making fun of fat phobia as a system. And I love to, that I get to be able to take it apart try to look at the big picture, try to look at the systems that are in place. One of the main criticisms I have with body positivity is telling individual people to love themselves. Sure, that's great, but that's, that's not where it ends. I love the heck out of my body, and it doesn't change the fact that as a fat person, I'm going to have difficulties accessing medical care in a fatphobic healthcare system. Um, also, I have a diet recommendation for all of you listeners, eat the rich. So, oh. Karan, oh, no. do you remember how we were feeling right around December 20th? I do. I was having breakdowns every day, which projected into me always uh, laughing randomly at anything that came my way. Yeah, and this was so, our second attempt at recording that episode. Yeah, I don't really know if we need to attack me on air again <laughs> once more and call me out for my 
I, I, lack it's not of just control. You. It's not just you, Karen. The first, the first time that we attempted to record that week's episode, I think we were both just really yeah. all over the place. I think we both started talking about our grandfathers. Like it was really strange. Oh, that's weird. It was weird. That's I, why we recorded okay. it again. Uh, uh, all right. Well, <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> <laughs> here she be. Good morning. Welcome to Wake the F Up on 101.5 UMFM. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We air on Thursdays, 11 to 11.30. <laughs> My name is Christina. I use pronouns she, her. Gyms are a very, wouldn't you guess, hyper-masculine space. Oh, do you even lift, bro? Oh, my God. <laughs> you can hear them grunting from the other side of the gym. I just, Which is fine, actually. I, I, I support that. Grunt if you feel comfortable doing so. Sure. I will not judge the grunting. Oh, I wish you would stop saying the word grunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's, yeah. But, yeah, so there's a lot of dude bros with their selfies and all that who come in there, which, you know... That that in itself isn't an issue, but what becomes an issue is okay. So I'll be I'll be at the rock climbing wall, and on a given day, like I'm I'm the instructor there, right? I'm mm-hmm. running the wall. You're running the show. Yep. You're teaching people how to live their lives on the wall. Yes, it, mm-hmm. exactly. You're um, the guru. Yes. So the amount of instances in which people have approached and I'm there and I'm teaching, you know, whatever random dude has come up for the day, doesn't know how to climb, just wants to climb with only his upper body because that's what they all do. Mm. Which is just PSA for rock climbing. It's not about the upper body. I just, I just needed to get that out. I'm sorry. Um, No, no, thank you. Actually, I was going rock climbing tomorrow. So that actually gives me a lot of, um, really? No, I wasn't. That was a joke. Wow. I got really, excited actually i was about to that didn't land but it's okay (laughs) (laughs) it's really fine anyway so upper body you needed to get that out yeah yeah so he comes up and i'm showing him i'm showing him the ropes and quite literally quite literally nice and random person will come up and they'll start you know coming over and then it's like oh do you want to climb today yeah yeah yeah. and then they they assume that the uh, that the random guy is the instructor meanwhile i'm literally there bro that i'm teaching doesn't even know how to put his foot on the wall <laughs> and like they think that he's in charge simply because he's a guy <laughs> there's nothing about what he's doing like i'll literally be holding the belay device Jeez. Like, who do you think is operating this right now? Like, it. Th- <laughs> That's very frustrating. Um, so our last clip that we'll share with you today uh, was just another point that we both really liked learning last uh, last autumn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you spiraled a little bit. <laughs> um, we just kind of talked about a. Uh, what people think of welfare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, please enjoy. With the welfare thing, you know, people always get on the case of people who need welfare because they're like, oh, well, then they, you know, they won't be motivated to work. They won't contribute to society. But the same thing happens when you have too much money. <laughs> Have you ever considered that? If you have too much money, there is no need for you to contribute any further to society. Who do you see attacking them? These mics are attached to the table. Otherwise, I would drop my mic and run. (laughs) Well, I think that was a fun little blast from the past. Such a long time ago. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what we do over the summer. 
um, for Which those, we will be continuing. Yes, we will be. Yes, um, we're trying to still like transition out of our school phase, and you know, Christina, our young little graduate, will be yes. graduating. <laughs> freedom is delicious. And uh, I am very, very jealous. If you cannot sense it in my voice, uh, no, but I see it in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, spite. That's pure spite. Yeah, Christina. At the time of um, air the. At the time when this episode airs, we'll be fighting some fires. Well, not yet. Like, we'll just be, like, on call. But, yeah, I'll be at the fire. I'll be at the Helitac base. Sure. Yeah. That's that's the thing. So, regardless, I am jealous of her in every capacity. Um, but, yeah, we're excited to see what summer brings for us and what new fresh perspectives we can um, bring to the table. So, if you have any questions, if you want to get in touch with us, you know our Instagram. It's at wake the F up UMFM. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, just reach and out to us. Absolutely. And next week's episode will also probably be a completion episode. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, cause just because we want to reflect, take some time to, you know, it's hard being creative. It's hard yeah. being creative about things that are hard to listen to, things that are hard to explore. So we're going to try and reflect and see what else we can come up with see what else we're going to be mad about for this summer i mean federal elections are coming up so we'll oh. probably have things to say over there too so we'll probably we're just gonna rev up a little right oh absolutely <laughs> i love screaming and crying in the studio <laughs> <laughs> <That's my favorite> <laughs> <pastor>. <laughs> well on that note thank you for listening this has been wake the f up umfm 101.5 we air thursdays 11 to 11 30 and uh, stay in touch. Yeah, catch you next week. <clears throat> so low key, um, it's just Christina here. Kren left the studio for the night, and I'm just putting the final touches on this episode. And I thought it might be fun to include some of definitely Karan's favorite bloopers and moments uh, from the time frame that we were reflecting on today. So please enjoy the some of our truly finest moments and if you don't hear from me again Karan may have uh, killed me a little bit uh, some, some similar groups what is sounding bad ass bitch ah <laughs> And to actually close off today's episode, I have a little clip from uh, the car ride that me, Karan, and our later guest and friend Morgan had right after Amsu passed their motion to be officially pro-choice. And basically our emotions right after that motion passed, uh, there were some happy tears shed. Feminist work uh, definitely... It definitely pays off, so enjoy.
Mistakes. <laughs> 